Running Wild with Christine. Sex, success, and other slippery rabbit holes. Welcome to episode 80, 80 with Claire Marie Pollock. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yay! It's very exciting this is episode 80. Eight is my lucky number, so is it's it? great. Oh, there we go. I didn't even know. Yeah. Welcome to round numbers. Oh. Scary high numbers. Yeah, gonna be a hundred soon. I know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have to up the ante for one hundred and have like three guests or yeah, something. Have all of your past guests all in your apartment. That would turn into something really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go there in my brain. <laughs> Everyone would be talking over each other. No one would understand what's going on. It'd be great. Yeah, and it would be a lot of very random topics. Yeah, <laughs> going everyone around would be the drunk. Room. Yeah, be for sure. Fun. Yes, this is why I like to record around this time and not like two hours later when it's too close <laughs> to wine time. Yeah. Um, so, you've been popping around my Instagram for a while, actually. Ooh! At first with the Dirty Betty show, and then through our dear friend. Yes. Oh, I miss her. She's busy. Yeah, I know. She works so much. I'm the same busy as her. Are you? Are you in film as well? I'm in the same show. Oh. Yeah. And you guys just never see each other. We see each other all the time on set. Oh, that's not the same. No. No. I mean, it's great. I get to see. I I mean, I haven't seen her because I've been away. But, right. Very excited to see her again. So, so you two did uh, burlesque together. Luminesque, so yeah. it's sexy dancing, um, but uh, but doesn't have stripping. So not burlesque, but luminesque. Uh, it's like a like a heel style, like femme empowering uh, dance program, which is awesome. And we did so many amazing numbers, but. Uh, uh, I shouldn't speak for her, but our favorite was. <laughs> I'm not gonna speak hey, for you, but I whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, was uh, we did a number two cabaret that was uh, choreographed by Chelsea Hartwick, and it was phenomenal. It was so good, and it like just it was only five girls, and we um, essentially opened the show, and it was so badass. I like miss it so much. It was so great. That's amazing. I'm yes. so sad that I missed the show because it was. The randomest night, I was going to go, and then a friend of mine from France was in town for six hours. For six hours? That night. And I was like, well, I can't. You're like, and, this uh, is, yeah. We ended up at a strip club, so there was sexy dancing involved in my evening, but Ooh. unfortunately, not you. What strip club? I actually had never been to the number five. I have never so been we either. Went to the number five. Very nice. It was okay. I found the one big plus that I will give it as opposed to the other strip clubs in Vancouver is that they have a lot more plus sized or even just like normal sized <laughs> girls. That's good. As a fan of like bootylicious, curvilicious ladies, I always find it a little disappointing at the other ones in town because they're right. all great dancers and super athletic, but in terms of like my own personal like choice of objectification, yeah. Not my favorite. <laughs> If I have to objectify a woman, I won't want to tear it. Really? Thanks for putting I sound so smart. So cute. (laughs) But yeah, no, it was definitely a lot more twerking going on, which was 
hypnotizing. Oh, so fun. Right? I've never been to a local strip club, uh, but I like to go when I'm traveling for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why I wouldn't... I, I would totally go here, but I think people in Vancouver are a little bit uh, close-minded or, or nervous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so my friends here, I don't think would be super, super into going to a strip club. It was so funny. My mom came, as I was telling you before we started recording, and we went out with some of my friends, and they were like, well... Christine's here, so we're going to end up at a strip club. And I was just like, oh my god, shut up. My mom was like, really? Did your mom go to the strip club? No, we didn't end up going. But just the fact that they announced it as such an obvious thing. I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh, well, we could. I was like, don't know how well that would go down, but... Your mom would be like, very beautiful dancing, miss. Yes, she literally would. She'd be like... I applaud the upper arm strength yeah. of the latest yeah. performance, um, <laughs> which, you know, is impressive. Yes. But anyway, um, so you are a comedian, actress, dancer. Yeah, uh, producer, host. Uh, yeah, I do a lot of stuff. Uh, yes. It used to be just actor. And then I started bombing auditions because uh, I was so nervous. I get the worst anxiety. Uh, and then um, I started doing improv comedy to help with auditions. And I just fell in love with the comedy community. And then I started doing stand-up. And now I run my own show. And I'm like, oh, I can do it all in, in my little show. That's which is great. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, let's backtrack a little bit before we get to the show and, the, and your current project. Sure. You grew up in the lower mainland? In Ladner. So fun. Yes. <laughs> it was very exciting time in my life, Ladner. Um, yeah. For those who don't know, Ladner is a suburb. Yeah, it's uh, close to the ferry terminal. You probably drove past it on your way to Tawasin. <laughs> there's it's very a very culturally diverse neighborhood. Uh, yeah, there's, uh... <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of white people. Yeah, they're all in their 60s or new families. Lots of new families there too. Uh, there's um, a bus depot. And a many a churches. Yeah, many churches. <laughs> they tried to put up a flag for pride, a rainbow flag, and someone in Ladner repeatedly put black paint over it. One of the churches. No, the church didn't put black paint. Yeah, someone yeah. in the yeah, town someone. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, ugh. Yeah. They are open-minded area. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh, so, I feel bad for young people who live there, and especially young queer people. I'm like, oh, you poor, poor little beans, get out of there. Yeah. yeah. How did you escape? Uh, well, I went to university in Wales in the UK. Nice. Um, which was really great and really hard being away from home. And then I just uh, I moved to Vancouver with my ex. Um, and yeah, and then we'll see. I don't know where the wind will take me next, but um, yeah. How long have you been in Vancouver? Uh, I've been in Vancouver for five years, living yeah in Kitsilano, which is great. Um, but yeah, my feet are getting itchy, so I'm like, okay. Yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably gonna be time to move next year or something. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. What did you study in Wales? Uh, theater. Nice. Yeah, I am a one-trick pony. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, one, but yeah. <laughs> one general vicinity of ours. Yeah, like this is what I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, what did you move back to Vancouver? for like was that was it just like we're getting closer to home and then I'll figure out what I'm doing or was it like I'm going for a reason um well so uh, I got my bachelor's at the University of Wales and then uh, when that was over I was really homesick and I was struggling with quite a lot of depression and I was too young to really know what what was going on I was like I'm just sad all the time uh so I needed to be around a support system which was really good um yeah, yeah and I found 
a couple of really interesting places to work and explore. Um, in Ladner, which was funny, there was this amazing hippie shop called The Portal, um, and it was just like the most amazing growth experience working there and then I was like okay I have to get out of Ladner this is the worst because <laughs> it closed down so I was like okay enough I'm done this yeah. is my one little yeah <laughs> of happiness there is that in a coffee shop and I'm like okay this is where I'll hang out <laughs> yeah and then what did you start doing when you moved here um auditioning for community theater shows quite a lot um and bombing lots of the auditions um the first one I ever got uh casting was a show called Rebel Women uh which is kind of hilarious because that's kind of my show now too yeah um so it was about the suffragette movement yeah um and it was a really amazing I find myself being drawn to just working with like mass groups of women always um and when I'm not I kind of get a, like more anxiety or I'm less happy um so yeah now I'm just like well for the stuff I'm in control of I just work with women yeah yeah that makes sense yeah it's, <laughs> yeah the community is so it's very different yeah and so what, what happened after that show? Um, after that show, kept auditioning, uh, didn't book a lot of stuff, uh, got an agent and was terrified in the audition room. It was so horrible. Um, I remember my ex would have to like literally carry me crying to auditions. And I think, back. And back, and back <laughs> crying as well. Um, but I think when you love something so much, like acting, I always thought I'd be a dramatic actress and it still is like a huge dream of mine. Um, but when you love something so much, you can squeeze it too tight and you need to break it. Yeah. Um, so what I kind of did with my career was just like take a step to the side and found comedy was equally as fulfilling, but I wasn't going to break it the same way yeah. I did with dramatic acting. So I was like, okay, this will be <laughs> fine for now. Yeah. So how did you get into comedy? Uh, so I started taking classes at the Improv Center mm -hmm. um, with Vancouver Theatre Sports and I did their rookie league for a few years and then I got moved up to their main stage um, yeah and it was like a nice it was just like a really it's so rare in the entertainment industry to have like nice stepping stones yeah um, but they actually had really nice stepping stones they're like you'll train with us and then you will be in the rookie league and then you hopefully will get uh, moved up to main stage nice so, yeah it was really good I find improv fascinating me too. It's so... My brain doesn't work quickly, so... <laughs> it's very, very good for improv. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> Can't wait to go watch you. I know, it's so great. You just see me standing there like, oh. Um, no, I'm very earnest, which I think makes me funny. Um, but yeah, my brain, as far as being like a witty comic, yeah. that is not my style. Uh, way more into like big characters and slapstick comedy. I'm like, okay, let's do that. It's easier for me. Um, yeah, so it's very funny. My favorite performers to work with, though, are the very witty ones because they'll see like the little hole in whatever character I've created and they'll like exploit it for comedy and it's wonderful. It's so much fun. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. And so how do you get from being like just moving up to the main stage and then producing your own shows like how does that work okay so I started uh, my own show before I was moved up to the main stage because uh, I don't wait around for people anymore <laughs> sorry bitches and bastards yeah um, <laughs> for equality's yeah, sake <laughs> um, yeah I think there's too many entertainers waiting for a big break and I'm like no fuck this I'm making my own big break even in the stand up community you have to uh, do so much groundwork yeah. before you'll get asked to feature in shows and all these different things and I'm like well 
I have been performing since I was four, like I, like I'm ready. So I was like, well, I'm going to create a space where I can do that. And I'm not going to wait for someone like I, I get, especially, sorry, men, you are, some of you are okay. Um, <laughs> but dudes ask me all the time. They're like, so like, how did you like get a touring show? And I was like, cause I did it myself. Like yeah. literally like I'm the person who does all the marketing. Like I did the website design. I like, I have no background in any of this. Yeah. Um, like book all the hotels, the venues, like there's so much and then organize the show, host it and and be in it. So it's like you just have to like just hustle. Don't wait around for people. Yeah. Yep. What was the idea for the show? Okay, so <laughs> I actually happened after uh, I kept getting my heart broken by these fuck boys. Yeah, a familiar story. Yeah. <laughs> In Vancouver? No. What boys here? Woof. Um, so, dun, dun, dun. So, yeah. I'm like, sorry, I'm, not sorry. Yeah, I'm like, I hope you're listening, you fucks. Um, <laughs> thank you yeah. for the motivation. Yeah, honestly, though. Thank you, and also, like, you get zero credit. No. Um, no, so I had one particularly bad breakup. Uh, it's funny, women will call it a breakup, and guys will be like, oh, this was just, like, a chick I was seeing or whatever. And I'm like, okay, like, my heart was broken, so it was a breakup to me. <laughs> Exactly. Reality yeah. depends on my perception of it. Yeah, exactly. And you were a jackass. Um, anyway, so, yeah, he really kind of broke my heart. And then I was doing all these shows that I wanted to bring all my female girlfriends to because I was like, oh, like, I want to have, like, girls' nights. Like, I wanted to heal. And all these shows were so, not all of them, but lots of them were really boring. And I was like, okay, I want to create a show that is really femme positive where women feel liberated and excited after, but is also a party show where girls want to bring their friends to it. And it's just like a fun girls night. We get lots of dudes coming to the shows because like the, the performers are hot or whatever. Or there's burlesque mm-hmm. or um, in some cases they don't know the drag queens are in drag. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> whatever. Um, but I was like, more than that, it's meant for women, it's meant for young women, and it's meant to liberate women. So if guys come, great, but I'm like, really, if you like the show or if you don't, I could give a fuck. Yeah. 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 So. And what is the show? Okay, so it's called The Dirty Betty Show. Um, we used to be called, uh, our tagline used to be like, silly, sassy, and sexy, because I was like, oh, that's like, kind of encompasses what I want to do. But now that we're touring small towns, I have to make it incredibly obvious for the older white people uh, that the show is, it's a feminist show. So now our tagline is um, uh, funny, filthy feminist. Nice. Because we really had to put feminist in there because the dudes were like, what? Like, aren't you just going to titillate us? I'm like, no. I'm like, well, I want your wives to want to divorce you after the show. Like, that's the vibe that you should have. Yes, a lot of angry white people yeah. <laughs> at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what? I thought she was going to give me a lap dance. And, like, we had a drag performer come um, on tour with us. And in the small towns, it's it's so important for them to see yeah. and experience different versions of femininity. Um, but they were like, I don't know what gender that performer is, like, and did not want to be touched, did not. I'm like, you guys are assholes. Like, yeah. So... It's uh, it's challenging to tour to small towns, but it's also really, really important that they uh, begin to be open-minded. And you also don't want to set yourself up for failure either without right. making it very clear of what kind of space you're entering. Exactly. Because, I mean, never mind the closed-minded small-town people that it might offend. Also for the performer. Like, oh, for sure. the worst when yeah. you clearly feel that you're not wanted there. That's the thing, and that was like a big thing uh, learning curve that we had our first, um, our first tour, I didn't bring a drag performer on with us. Uh, and 
partially because of the cost. Yeah. Um, so we did, uh, I did burlesque instead, um, which is an easier pill for small-minded people to swallow. Yeah. For some reason, they're like, oh, a woman taking her clothes off, fine. But they're like a drag performer uh, lip-syncing, like, not okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't understand what, but uh, it was kind of because that's the more, um, I guess, risque portion of the show yeah. so I would I feel more comfortable me handling that because yeah. I'm like well this is my show this is what the fuck it is rather than having someone guest star and then being like oh like feeling isolated or uncomfortable yeah. is uh, I would never ever want that or them to second guess their style based on some like lame uh, reviews by like some old white men is not okay no yeah exactly yeah fully support that decision yes and so now you're, are you still playing in town once a month in Vancouver or? No, we uh, are just doing like featured shows here now. Um, so we've got a single ladies Valentine's Day show coming up at Yak Yaks, which is nice. so fun. Um, and then we have a women's day show coming up at the Fox, uh, which is always a crazy sellout, like great. It's a, it's my favorite show we do all year. Um, and then we have a new show, which I'm too excited about called the Diva Cup. Okay. Uh, And it's happening during the Stanley Cup. Um, So it's like a female, like competitive, uh, mostly comedy, but like it's gonna be like we'll have drag performers doing like a lip sync for your life. Uh, I might see if we can get like a strip off between burlesque dancers. There will be some really fun, fun things, but uh, I'm very excited to release the marketing for it because it's gonna be hilarious. Oh my gosh, when is the first tease of it coming out? Um. After Women's Day, so it won't be for, yeah, yeah, another... Couple months. Yeah, another couple months. Yeah, yes. Nice. Too excited, though. It's going to be so funny. Oh, my God. Well, make sure to uh, publicize all of it. Yes, yes. Um, So, guys, stay tuned and follow wherever... I, wherever you follow me, follow me there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just too many freaking platforms. Yeah. Um, and so, what do you feel like... Okay, since the Dirty Betty show and since all those learning curves with, you know, hosting a feminist show in all these places, what do you feel like has been the biggest surprise of doing it? Like, you know, I'm sure there's stuff that when you, when you start organizing something like that, there's like hard hardships that you expect, Mm. but is there pluses or minuses that you just didn't see coming that like kind of blindsided you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that one of the one of the minuses that I really knew before we started touring um, was that it that the show wasn't for everyone and that it was going to um, like it was going to shake some small town brains. I knew that going into it, um, but because the first tour went so amazing and we didn't have negative feedback at all, I was like, oh, like I totally forgot about it. So this go round, uh, we did have a couple people who did not like the show. And it's fine. It's not for them. It was yeah. like older people who also like uh, protested having a dispensary in their town. So I was like, okay, this show isn't for you. But um, I was really surprised by how much that shook my confidence in the show. And I was, I'm so thankful to, because now I'm like, I feel a little better now, but going into the new year, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Maybe I shouldn't be doing this at all. And had some real self-doubt. Um, so I'm really thankful for a more courageous version of myself who planned all these tours in advance because I'm like, well, girl, you gotta do it. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I was like, thank God that Claire exists. Self-accountability from the past. Yeah, I was like, God, past Claire, she's always got my back. She's so good. Yeah, I really like her. <laughs> Present Claire, I'm like, oh God, honey, what were we doing? Yeah, so that was, and then... Um, what was the thing that shook you the most? Like, what, what was it that they said or that they did? It was, uh, we had a little problem with the tech for one of it. So there were some older people who couldn't hear uh, the improv portion of the show. Um, which is challenging and, and which was, we had the tech sorted afterwards and it was fine, but there was, yeah, one gentleman said, uh, that he thought the show wasn't funny, that we were, this is what he emailed me, uh, that we were pathetic, um, and that the show, uh, he thought that his grandkids Christmas concert was better than this. And I was like, wow, it was, uh, yeah, I was like, I don't even know how to respond to this because in Vancouver, we've only had positive reviews. Most places, we've only had positive reviews. So to our first negative review, to be that scathing, Yeah, I was like, what the heck? And I think that people, when they're leaving a negative review, forget, like, the Dirty Betty Show is not a huge corporation. It's literally me in my living room and then, like, bringing in some badass women to tour. Yeah. So, I'm like, when people attack the show, it is attacking, like, a young girl in her 20s. And I was like, you fucks. Um, so yeah, that one was really, really hard to swallow. And we had like that same show that we had that negative review about. We also had one woman bought 50 tickets to the show and they all came up on stage to get a huge group selfie with us after we were like celebrities in the little bar after. So it's like, there were like probably, I don't know, 150 great reviews. And then this one was so bad that I was like, yikes. But you know what? I think that, I mean, obviously it's, it's not something you could have thought of at the moment and I don't wouldn't expect anyone when you feel that attack to think of the silver lining but I wonder when someone especially a dude has Mm -hmm. that that, it's like what did you strike like what did you touch that was so sensitive and so self like destructive to him that he needed to lash out that way like what did you touch because that's where the constructive shit is, is when exactly. you have a reaction that's strong, whether it's good or bad, you know what I mean? So, yeah, something happened. I'm like, just I'm credit so- to the show. <laughs> you know, something yeah. happened. He wasn't like, meh, whatever. Well, that's the that's thing. That's the worst. That's the worst. And I would much rather, like, like we want to get, like, some shirts done that say, like, pissing off white dudes since, like, <laughs> 2016 or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I think that a big part of it was just having a bunch of young women on stage uh doing comedy and like my comedy is very very sexual um there are other girls comedy who's like much more uh political but it's always like like the it's all about being independent so I think that married men in small towns don't really want their wives to think that and they don't want to see young girls doing that and like I've got jokes about never having kids like another friend has jokes about um like being a person of color and it's just it's all things that they're uncomfortable with so it's it's yeah. really tricky well I mean I wouldn't even say tricky I would just be like that's probably what that was about yeah yeah and then to be like oh I just want to see like a four-year-old singing jingle bells and I'm like oh go fuck off then go to your Christmas, <laughs> then go to your kids Christmas show repeatedly yeah. and be a good dad and I'm happy for you yeah go living your like you don't need to be no, but that's the thing is I was like, you don't need to be here. This show's not for you. So 
hopefully now that we've changed our tagline, people will know that it's not a titillating show. Like, this is, like, this is a feminist show, so just know that going into it. Yeah. Yeah. I like how it's, like, a threatening word now. <laughs> I know. I know like, it, like it, the show isn't threatening at all. It's such a fun, like, lively show. And, like, our entire cast afterwards, like, everyone is always bubbling and so happy after the show. But I'm, like, I feel like putting feminist, like, has this, like, like ding 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 yeah and i'm like it really shouldn't but i'm like i'm like i have to put it in there because otherwise they'll react in a way that i'm like well you knew this going into it that this was a feminist show so yeah jeez that's crazy i can't like it's funny how i used to say this because i i wrote a memoir for those of you who don't know that got published on Women's Day 2018 (gasps) that has a lot to do with feminism and having sex and being a woman in her 20s and also big breakups that lead to (laughs) new lives, Um, which seems to be a theme. (laughs) Um, But it's it's funny how, oh my god, I forgot where I was going with this. Um, Where was I going? Men, blah, 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 blah. What were we talking about? We were talking about uh, women in their 20s. Feminist threat. Where was I going? Jesus. Um, Big new projects stemming mm. from bad breakups. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Um, But but just, I think, touching on things that that make people uncomfortable. Fuck, I forgot my, completely forgot my line of thought. This is probably the first time it's happened in all these episodes. So it was meant to happen. Oh Gary my god. We waited for 80. For 80. It Yay, we get Alzheimer's. But, uh... I just remembered what my point was. Breaking news, people. Breaking, breaking, breaker, breaker. We're going to add this somewhere in the middle or at the end. Who cares? Um, so the point that I was trying to make between the memoir and your show was in terms of feminism and comedy, mm. I wrote it in the book that the people that because I wrote a book that I thought I didn't find oh right I wrote something that I couldn't find I wrote I wrote about my struggles with morality and my behavior and my interests and my Mm -hmm. wants and needs and desires and the only people that I could relate to that had written about it or spoken about it were comedians fuck yeah were Chelsea Handler Amy Poehler and but it always bugged me that it had to be under the tone of fucking comedy for it to be palatable. Oh, yeah, for people too, yeah. And, and I think that's what's interesting about new comedy and feminist comedy is that it's now no longer like just a haha note mm-hmm. that's in there as a, like, tr- as like a little signal between women who will get it but still palatable for the men who are listening. And I'm obviously talking about cis binary people but oh yeah um <laughs> yeah for the whole podcast yes <laughs> um but it's it's interesting now that that's changing it is changing a lot because now it's like no you're gonna listen to that even if it's gonna make you uncomfortable it wasn't like just it's only comfortable because i'm joking about it yeah you I see have, what i mean yeah i have a lot of stuff that makes it's quite uh like brazen I guess and it makes especially in the small towns older men uncomfortable because I uh, do some work as a sugar baby as well um so to start talking about that and how like some of these dudes I'm like ugh that you date as a as a sugar baby 
um, it's really interesting to see the men kind of squirm in the yeah. ads. And I'm like, yeah, this is like, like, you guys have all the money, so sorry. Like, I'm going to use my sexuality to my advantage. Yeah, like, I'm going to use whatever patriarchy left me. Yeah, exactly. And yep. profit from it. Suck up. Like, yep. But, no, and, and that's what's, for me, really interesting about new feminist comedy, is that it's no longer sound bites. Because, I mean, and, and kudos to Chelsea Handler at the time for writing something like My Horizontal Life, which mm-hmm. was, like, all about her weird sex life. It's a great read. Highly recommend. But, um, but it was just, like, it was only written to be funny stories. Right. There was never room or it wasn't palatable for her to be, like, these are the issues behind my funny sex stories. They're still exactly. funny, yeah. but there's like a social commentary behind it that could have been there. Yeah. And that would be there if it was today. It's very, Hopefully. Hopefully. When I first started stand-up uh, five years ago, I had this one set that I really liked, uh, and it was about like like sleeping with this with this dude, and it was always very, like the set was very funny, and then I realized like much later on, I was like, oh, this is actually a set that's actually about rape, like is what the set was about, and I'm like, oh, like I didn't even realize when I was even writing it, I didn't realize like like how unconsensual it was, but because it was years ago, that wasn't a thing. You yeah. didn't think about it. I was like, oh, like, isn't it funny how uncomfortable I was and how, like, like strong he was? Like, uh, it's so interesting because now I, I can barely even tell this set now because yeah. I'm like, ugh, yeah. this is very uncomfortable. Yeah, because yeah. your awareness has grown <laughs> and you're like, mm. I'm like, um, oh, okay. Yeah. So that's, that's what that was. Um. it's funny because we're like "Mm, trauma we have so much work to do Uh, that's why people do it through comedy so they can laugh after but it is it is and it's a great tool for that but i but again i think it's really amazing how it is really more and more used as a tool for thought and not just as a haha Not just as a relief of the thought. You know what I mean? Yeah, there are so many comedians who are creating content now where the... the, It's basically the news. Yeah. That's where you get information. Yeah, and the (laughs) laughter is very secondary to what they're saying. And, like, comedians will create whole bits about stuff, and they're like, this isn't funny. Like, if you happen to laugh, great. Yeah. But it's like, this is, like, a story that you need to hear, and I have a voice that people are listening to, so so listen up. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Anyways, that was that was the roundabout way of completing Hooray! this point. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting when you see what makes people uncomfortable and mm-hmm. what parts of it just like touch on little bits like that that makes that make people flare up and that you don't want to listen to certain people and their life lived experiences because yeah. it invalidates somehow yeah yours which is not the point well and the other thing is like how they like I can always control how I react to them but how they like their initial we've had people comments like uh about jokes that maybe they were uncomfortable with but it's always been really lovely they'll be like amazing show they're like there's just this one joke that this comic told that made me pretty uncomfortable because of xyz and like that's a very reasonable thing to say but I think that when you're leaving a negative review and you can't articulate what made you uncomfortable and you should talk the entire show then that's when I'm like ooh, like this like just struck a chord with your entire being okay cool yeah like, and I think it's actually interesting that people would message you with comments about particular jokes because that's, mm-hmm. that's actually constructive oh I think that's amazing and like then you can decide what you do with the joke it's exactly. still up 
it's still entirely up to you. Yeah. But sometimes, like I find, especially with the podcast and the way that I speak and the topics that I speak about that yeah. are difficult to talk about and that are, the language doesn't necessarily fit what we want to say because we don't have the words or we use the wrong words because we've been using them forever. Yeah. And then when someone calls you out or calls you in, you have a chance to be like, oh shit, yeah, I didn't see that. Exactly. Yeah, they give you the chance to, to be like, fuck, that was actually a blind spot. Yeah, like, thank thanks for, for pointing it out. Yeah. Or, I understand it made you uncomfortable, this is the reality, yeah. sorry, not sorry. Yeah, and I think it's always, like, it's just very important for, like, me as a producer to know, like, okay, who who is our audience, who's actually coming to these shows? I know who I market towards, but that's very different from who shows up. Yeah. So, I'm like, okay, if there's going to be, like, a show that has a bunch of, like, this last one we had, the 50, was a bunch of school teachers, which was amazing, um, and had we known they were school teachers, um, maybe we would have tweaked the show a tiny bit to, yeah. to cater to them, um, but it's always good finding out, like, okay, like, obviously I want to push the brains of people in small towns, but, um, like, how far do I push it? Maybe mm-hmm. I can take it back a step so, so that it's not necessarily more comfortable, but, but easier for them to swallow, and then they can grow from that place. Yeah, as right. opposed to face total rejection and not get anything through. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I understand that. I think that half measures are sometimes necessary. Yes. Albeit super frustrating because I'm like, come on! <laughs> and contentious. Yeah. Like, I get it when people are like, you should do everything. And it's like, mm. sometimes that doesn't work. No. No, sometimes it doesn't. And it's the same, like, I, I grew up in Ladner, which is a small town, which I also think is kind of why I'm bringing mm-hmm. this show to small towns. Because I always need to check myself whenever I am touring and think like, okay, what would like the people in Ladner think of this show yeah. and like how can I cater the show to to people like that while still opening their minds because um, it's it's very different from the Vancouver show everyone is so minded and amazing that you can push it further exactly yeah. yeah yeah so like for this show I'm like okay like how do we how do I how do I make it so that they at least listen to mm-hmm. to what we're saying as opposed to just shut down and get angry because they're uncomfortable yeah right. I totally I, I get that and I think I think it's easier, I have those thoughts a lot with the podcast, um, mm-hmm. depending on who I'm choosing to bring on. Like some people are, I know it's going to fly because I know who's listening by now and I know like what, even the hard topics, I know how they're going to go. But sometimes I'm like, hmm, should I be pushing myself more and getting people on that I don't agree with? Oh, You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But then I remember that I'm holding space yeah. for people. Yeah. That I'm that I'm giving them a platform in a way, yes. even though that's not how I think about it, but that is a thing that is. Um, and therefore, I don't want to bring people on that aren't sharing a message that I want to share. That's, yeah, no, so that's super true. It's like a catch-22 of, like, trying to challenge myself and be like, yes, but, you know, and have an, an actual, like, conversation of opposites, which I think is sometimes lacking, of, like, coming from completely opposite points yes. of view and having a real debate... Um, but also I think in those moments, like you were saying, it's interesting to see who's listening and who's talking. Yeah. And also like, like the people that it's going to mean the most to, like by hearing conversations like this, 
like I know for for my show it's like trying to find like the young women in these small towns or the young queer people who haven't been able to come out yet like have those people see the show and feel a little bit empowered and know that there's a better space for them Mm -hmm. um but then the other thing is battling it's such a funny it's a funny thing because you want to be able to to hold space for those people while also challenging the minds of other of people. Of their majority in yeah. their setting. Yeah. How do you choose your performers? Oh, uh, how do I choose my performers? Um, well, uh, I always focus on having a really diverse cast of, of ladies, so I always want to have uh, people of color in the cast, uh, have queer people performing. Um, but how I choose them specifically is all the Bettys are multi-talented. Um, so I try and get improvisers who have at least one other skill that they do, whether it's singing, dancing, drag, um, stand-up comedy, whatever it may be. Um, but specifically for the touring show, that's super important because um, everyone has to do improv and or stand-up and. So yeah. everyone has to have multiple skills. Um, and then also trying to balance the casting so that I know that everyone's going to have a good time on the tour. And, yeah. and balancing personalities as well. That's tough. It is tough. That's yeah. That's that. Okay, that's the thing that surprised me that I didn't realize would be um would think, be more of a yeah. challenge. Um, because for me, I try and get along with everyone, and I'm very uh emotionally intelligent, so I can usually like to dial back or dial mm-hmm. up however I need to. Um, but there are some personalities that don't, and they they present themselves how they are, and they're maybe that's more they stubborn, yeah. or however <laughs> it is, um, which is amazing too. Um, but yeah, it's, it can be challenging to make sure that you've got the right chemistry on, on the road. Yeah. That's tough. And do you usually have the same people on? Do you have like a little roster by now or? Yes. I have a roster of, uh, like some amazing Bettys who've been with the show from the very beginning and ones that I cast very frequently. And then I'm always looking for new talent as well. Um, because one of the pros of working with incredible women is, uh, like they move on to do bigger and brighter things. Yeah. Um, so, so being able to be like, okay, like that performer, like one of my favorite performers uh, and a very close friend of mine, she just moved down to LA. Um, which I'm so excited for her um, but I'm like oh she was like a real staple in the show like now I need more performers to be able to fill that big spot that she left right? yeah so yeah. if you are listening and you want to get in touch we'll be putting all the links in the description yes please get in touch if you're multi-talented <laughs> and you're a babe get in there yeah. <laughs> what what's the thing that you haven't done that, that you haven't done yet that you want to do either with the show or or with your other projects coming up like is there a thing that's like oh this is my new little dum 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 uh what have I'm pretty good at doing the things that I really want to do (laughs) (laughs) yes the tone was cute yeah think uh, something that I really want well okay we're going to Edinburgh Fringe this uh this year which I'm very excited for and we're also going to tour Toronto uh this spring as well which would be great um oh you know what we are working on getting more uh filmed uh content out oh yes so that's a big uh, a big thing and actually just for my own professional career getting more film stuff um I'm such a theater girl and I laugh because anytime I do film stuff I do I am a good actress um, <laughs> I'm putting it out there I'm just in case anyone's wondering I'm very good um but I'm such a, a trained theater performer and that's like uh it's really it's so interesting to flip the switch yeah to film. uh so trying to do that um is always very funny um so we're I'm going to do more film stuff even though 
yeah, I'm such a big performer that I'm like, oh God, I have to really, really, really dial it back for yeah. a while. So, yeah, it's very different. All my film teachers have been like, Claire, just do nothing. Like, just, 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 whatever whatever you consider nothing, do that. (laughs) I had um, an acting teacher once, he was just like, Claire, he's like, you know, like, people's eyes are the windows to their soul. He's like, your entire face is. And I'm like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. But I think it's interesting, like, to see the difference of what people prefer between film and and theater. Mm -hmm. Like, it's such a... It's the quote-unquote the same profession because you're acting, but it's so not. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like nothing to do with each other. It's so different. It's so different. And I'm someone who has nothing, like I have zero background in acting. I am accidentally working in the film industry. Like it's not something that I ever thought about until two years ago. And so I think it's really fun for me to be around actors lately because I can hear their understandings and explanations about you know like stage versus Mm -hmm. screen and and I've actually never paid attention to it before but my mom's a theater actress speaking of mothers again and now I'm like everything makes so much sense (laughs) (laughs) this is why I am the way I am I'm like oh so she also found a job that excused her neuroses of being extravagant (laughs) and exuberant and taking up way too much room I'm like oh Mm-hmm. I'm the dial down version of that. Great. You're like, I got it. I people still think I'm too much, so it's like, <laughs> it's awesome. You're like, great. We have some work to do, guys. Woof. I laugh though, because I like, like I think you are definitely much more outgoing than I am for sure. Um, yeah, I'm, like, I'm an extrovert times a million. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. I um, so <laughs> I always find that interesting when extroverts are like they do something that's kind of adjacent to performing, but not necessarily in the performance yeah. world. Um, it's always very funny to me. I'm like, oh, I'm like, you could be talking out loud to people. Which is what performing is. No, it's true, and I find it very funny because I used to, when I was in high school, I used to sing. And then since the books come out, I've had to, like, read in front of people. Oh, that's something. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is, because when I used to sing, I'm extremely confident as a human. I'm extremely terrified of all stages. So I, when yeah. I used to sing, I would lose control of the left side of my body. It would just, like, it wouldn't show, and my voice wouldn't shake. Right. But I wouldn't be able to use my left hand. It couldn't be It just, what, it was, like, shaking so so much that you couldn't see it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like vibrational. And um, and reading the book, I got more nervous than I expected because it's like, it's my life. I've, oh, I've, yes. I've written it, I've edited it, and I've recorded it for audio. Like, I know it off my heart. Like, it, the traumas that are in it are processed. Yeah. Um, but it would be funny because I would just like not look up, not even once. And I'm like, I know this is off by heart. Why yeah. wouldn't I look up? If I was presenting anything else, I would be looking up. If it was anything career, yeah. not creative. It's something about totally sharing it's a some, traumatic yeah. experience with other people. And you're like, you're right there. Okay. No, but it wasn't even the trauma. It was simply the performance. Oh, just... <laughs> Like, yeah. that's what I mean. Like, if it was, this is sharing trauma, this doesn't scare me. Like, right. if, and presenting in university never scared me. It's just, like, the sheer fact of, like, a spotlight or a spotlight-like spot where it's, like, no, you. It's like, so interesting to me, though, because I've heard that with so many extroverts. I've, like, I have a lot of extroverted friends, and they are, like, always wanting to come see shows and support, but they're, like, like would never get up on stage but in a room they'll gladly be the loudest one that you're looking at for sure yeah 
it's like a weird cognitive dissonance. I can't explain it. <laughs> maybe, maybe extroverts get their like fill of attention just in the real world. And, I think so. Right. I think so. And honestly, I was. It was so funny because I, I've, I've been working with this like really well-known actress. And then we had our Christmas party, and it was a karaoke, yes. and me and my coworker were like, yeah, let's do a song, whatever. And I was like, are you going to do one to her? And she was like, no, man, I don't need more attention. I'm like extremely like claustrophobic already. There's like a lot of people looking at me. And I was like, I'm like, you, you're a famous actress. Like, what, what do you mean? And she's like, it's only on a set that she can do it. Wow. Off set is like... <laughs> And I'm the opposite. If you put me on a set, I'd be like, I can't do this. You're and like, like anywhere else, I'm like, it's fine. I'm, I'm not a pro. This is just my hobby. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excused. Whereas, you know? Yeah. If, I think that's probably it, though. Maybe you, as an introvert, need the persona mm, yes. to do it. For and sure. as an extrovert, you're like, oh, what am I supposed to be? I, know I can't for... be anything other than me. This is weird. Why? Yes. You know? I find karaoke actually very more easy. Because <laughs> you're supposed theater. to suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I do. I think with uh, with introverts, though, I would definitely... I, I'm like a learned extrovert, but I am an introvert, like, for sure. Um, but I think that for introverts, it's like, I know for me, I'm waiting for space. Like, I don't feel comfortable speaking unless someone makes space for me. Yeah. So I think that's why performing is such a great thing because it's like, oh, like, I've made space for me or someone else has made space for me and this is my time to speak. Yeah. Um, but if I'm in a room full of people, I will just, like, clam up. I'm like, oh, God, I have to, like, talk to, like, people, like, acquaintances. This is very stressful. That is so funny. I literally, I think it's the polar opposite because for me, I'm, like, I'm so used to battling, I think, as a woman with strong opinions somewhat of an intellect um it's like you're constantly punching the fucking door the wall the thing you're like i'm here i have something to say listen the fuck up so when someone's like now go you're like uh uh. you're like wait yeah i don't need to like argue about this like yeah uh uh and then you're just like i don't know what to do uh run away so i think it's the opposite yeah and the introvert's like oh i have these thoughts i've been waiting to say Basically, I think I think we've solved it. Well, okay, you guys. So, so now the world. this is what <laughs> make space for your introverts, and by all means, try and shut up your extroverts, and will not work. Um, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> but I think this is also like the exercise for me in hosting this mm. was listening. Oh yes. There's nothing worse than hearing a podcast where the host is like, and me, meh, meh, meh. and you're just like, shut up, I'm listening to the guest. And so I think that's like the constant exercise of just, yes, like um, sharing and yes. identifying with each other obviously is a huge part of it. Yes. But also the one time where I get to be like, hmm. I'm a question you as opposed to constantly being questioned. Right. And it's it's so funny cuz I like kind of get I'm much better at questioning people uh, and I find it on dates all the time too. Like I always like like it's always a fun conversation but sometimes the dates will know very little about me and I've like have just been like, "Oh my god, and how was that? Oh my god." Yeah. <laughs> and be like so supportive of whatever they're saying and they're like, "Yeah, that was great." And I'm like, "Are you serious? That was a horrible date." You know nothing about me. Yeah. I'm like, "This was bad." Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it is interesting to to swap seats and be like comfortable sharing or be comfortable listening. Yeah. It's very different. But I think that's the interest in any form of 
storytelling, mm-hmm. which is what I tie the podcast to most of like other arts is like the storytelling part. Yes. And I think that's why people listen or go to your shows. Yes. Is you, it's hard to, to find a spot between, you know, sharing your story, listening to other stories, like mm-hmm. finding your spot in the world, trying to like make sense of the world especially as a femme and like especially if you don't know whether or not you're a feminist or if you're a good or a shitty one or like right. what's funny what's not or like what you know it's a fucking weird world out there right now yeah. um so i think that's the appeal of producing either of our mediums is like getting some of the hesitant ones yeah into it somehow yes you know that's also spectators or listeners yeah or even performers Mm -hmm. I get lots of the performers that I cast um are like newer performers or performers who have like had a really rough time in the community but they're so talented and I'm like I want you to feel really safe and comfortable in this space and like like it's it's very funny because there are other shows where you don't get to talk to any of the other performers and it's very it's very uncomfortable and most not well lots of performers have anxiety anyways yeah so to have that kind of space is horrible but what I try and do with Betty is all the girls are always bonding like we're like all having drinks and it's like it's very everyone feels very supported and that's Mm -hmm. what I want in a show because we're not we're not competing against each other we're trying to make the world better yeah yeah I I support that entirely Okay, so we're coming to a close of this conversation. What this is the guest's m- most hated question of oh, all time. Fun. So okay, okay. you're welcome. <laughs> um, parting words. What is a thing that you wish you heard more that you want to say to people, or a thing you wish someone told you? Oh, or God. yeah, it's a great question. Thank <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> no uh, pressure. Um, okay, I think that. Um, your your young self knows the best so always give your like like your your child self more credit than you do and also don't give up anything that makes you happy never give up something like I stopped dancing for a really long time because I wasn't gonna do it professionally and like that is such a regret of mine but just if something makes you happy don't worry about how good or how bad it is just do it for the joy yes that's it that's a pretty good one. That's what I've been feeling a lot lately. I'm like, just do it for, because it fulfills your heart and your soul. That's what you should yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's a great thing to say at this point in time. We agreed we wouldn't talk about current events because no. it was so depressing. No. But bringing more joy. Yeah, for <laughs> that sure. That is definitely a huge need right now. Yes, it is. And also, like, trying not to let the weight of the world get you down I always think like just support your backyard make your backyard a better place and that's all that we can do unless if someone is a billionaire can you fix something maybe yeah exactly <laughs> listeners are you billionaires um, but if you yeah. are let us know yeah we just, all need funding yes we um, need funding <laughs> plant based yeah yeah yeah. Hmm. yeah. Great. Well, it was such a pleasure having you on the couch yes. thank you for having me here anytime so yeah everything will be in the description um Click all the clicks. Do all the things. Yes. Um, yeah. That's that's it. That's, that's it. it. Yes, Happy yeah. New Year, everyone. I uh, hope you had some rest and some joy over this um, tricky season of the holidays. <laughs> Doesn't bring anxiety at all. <laughs> um, and I'm very happy that you're still sticking around. So um, by all means, please, please, please give me some feedback. If there's any topics that you want to hear about, any people that you want me to talk to, 
um, I'm more than happy to do so. Yeah, that's it. Love you lots. Speak to you next week.